0: Hey True Crimers, welcome to another episode of True Crime-ish I'm your host Jonah B and I'm here to make your Mondays great again As you know, it's August, it's hot just about everywhere in America right now that I know of And it's also back to school season So I just wanted to wish you guys all, you know, all my parents and students and college students and whoever, you know Be cool, stay hydrated as you're going back headed to those classes And happy new school year from Jonah B to you Okay y'all, so it's the year 2006 and George W. Bush is our president And the federal minimum wage was $5.15 Remind me again of how people survive off of that But moving on The U.S. House of Representatives released a memo on Hurricane Katrina, blaming all levels of the government for their response to the disaster. The mystery of what happened to John Bonnet Ramsey was almost solved when John Mark Carr lied about being with her during her death, famed. Love and wildlife icon Steve Irwin, better known for his love as a crocodile hunter, was killed by a stingray whilst filming for a TV show. And let's not forget, the U.S. war in Afghanistan was still raging on, so life was tense. And when life gets tense, some people are able to still find ways to live life to the fullest while others try to find ways to take it. So when a house party was starting to get, you know, a little turned up, the guests would ultimately learn a fatal golden rule. Be careful who you let in your home. On the night of September 9, 2006, some friends linked up on Gashi Avenue, a.k.a. the Valley, for a house party. The party consisted of about 13 men, including Anthony Blunt, Keyson Evans, William Robinson, Willie James, and Willie Shelton. They came dressed to the nines, and you know, just ready to have a men's night. And uh, someone really knew how to throw a party because everyone was having a good time. You know, they were drinking, smoking, you know, just overall kicking it, I guess how men do. But the night was only getting started because Robinson and Shelton planned some special entertainment, some strippers to be exact. And although the strippers were about two hours late, they weren't worried about all that because they knew that the night was finally about to pick up and pick up it did because as they were as they were enjoying their night and just 10 minutes after they finally was having booty all in their face four men burst into the party with guns and began shooting multiple men got shot and the lights ended up being shot out as well The party goers were ordered into the living room and told to give their stuff up. They started to give up their jewelry and money and even told the intruders there was more money in a back room. When the intruder couldn't get access to that room, he began shooting again. That's when another person was shot and the intruders ended up leaving soon after that. In total, five people were shot by the gunmen. The police arrived shortly after, busting into the home, ordering everyone to get on the ground. The crime scene was chaotic and dimly lit due to the lights being shot out. That night, three people were seriously wounded while two people were killed. Detectives learned that Anthony Blunt had been shot multiple times and was screaming out in pain as the paramedics arrived. He went into cardiac arrest and died at the scene. Keyson Evans was shot at Point Blank Range, killing him immediately. Joshua Daniel went into an 18-hour surgery due to being shot in his hands, thighs, abdomen, and torso. Willie J. Shelton was hospitalized for two years from his injuries, and William Robinson was shot in his shoulder and stomach, but they all survived. There were four intruders that night and no one saw their faces because they were covered. So this wasn't an open and shut case for detectives. But they would soon find a break because days after the crime occurred, one of the entertainers that were at the party, Nikita Jackson, was starting to quote unquote, Feel bad about what happened that night, and after and after discussing it with her mom, she went to the police to share what she knew. After informing the police that she was working the party, two of her friends, and that the friend who had set up the party for that weekend was Angel Glenn, she told the cops how she thought that Angel may have had something to do with it. The detectives decided that they needed to speak with Angel Glenn. They brought her in for an interview on September 13th, and when asked about the robbery slash murders, she ain't know nothing about nothing. She don't know anything about that house party in Eustis, Florida, and I know I may be saying that wrong, but. At me or anything about a strip party but Angel is still arrested the next day and does not bail out until November but Angel was picked up again on December 21st 2006 and after spending a few weeks in jail she ended up making a deal with the state in exchange for her telling what really went down that night All charges would be dropped against her except conspiracy to commit armed robbery. And what Angel has to say would do nothing less than blow you away. Okay, so now, you know, we are realizing that this is an inside job now. So we just need to dig into who Angel is just a little bit. Angel Glenn was a single mother and only 19 when the crime happened. She was born into a low-income family and a low-income community using drugs as her way to escape. Soon after her downward spiral, she began stripping for money um, on the weekends on the side and just being hired around the town for parties. It was her means of income And even after she met her then boyfriend Dante Hall She was still living the same lifestyle to make money And ladies and gentlemen This is where her role in the murders comes into play So we already know Angel has a boyfriend But what I haven't told you is that Dante lives the street life If you know what I mean They both do So when opportunities arise For them to come up off of somebody else They're going to take that chance Every single time So in custody Angel tells the detectives What really happened that night And what she tells them Breaks the case wide open Angel lays it out fact for fact them from the beginning and she had plenty to say with her having prior knowledge of how the robbery was going to happen and by who and of course that would be none other than Dante Hall and his crew on September 5th Dante overheard his girlfriend Angel saying how she was going to be stripping at a house party and she was going to be making a lot of money after asking Angel a few more questions Dante immediately was like Oh yeah, oh oh yeah I'm gonna go ahead and rob the people at the party So Dante His brother Dante And y'all, it's, it's very weird There's Dante, which I'm trying to say differently Which is D-O-N-T-E And then his brother is Dante I guess I'm going to say it like that Because it's D-A-N-T-E So yes Dante Is the guy who we've been talking about His girlfriend is Angel And now he's bringing his brother Into the sitch Dante And Shushu And Pig And I, I don't know why these are th- These people's names I just do the, do the reporting But yes they all The four of them got together to prepare For the night And Angel was in contact with Shelton who was at the house party She let him know that she was on the way And as she picked up her friends She met Shelton and Robinson at a gas station To follow them the rest of the way to the house I'm not sure why the location was so hush hush But Anywho, I'm, I'm guessing for reasons like this. But anywho, as Shelton and Robinson are pulling up to the house with the ladies, all seems well. But what they do not know is that Dante and his Dante and his crew were following them the whole time and are just laying in wait. So Angel and the other girls go inside and head to a room And they just start doing a little ecstasy and change their clothes All while Angel is on the phone with Dante giving him the deets Yes, um, she's very bold being in the house, you know, just Talking about what was going on But she told him who everyone was And where they were inside the house There was also mention of a stash of drugs Possibly hidden inside the house But you know she wasn't 100% sure But she just slid that in anyway And all while the party is just out there partying And everybody is having a real good time Like I said And they're just waiting on the girls Since it's an all male party And after a small delay The girls came out And the music was playing And they began to do the job They were paid to do that night It wasn't even 10 minutes later When Dante burst in the house With an AK-47 screaming He was gonna quote unquote Make this chopper dance And Dante and the two others Pig and Shushu Followed behind him And they started spraying bullets Killing the lights Then they moved everyone into the living room Demanding them to get down And start handing all over their stuff And remember earlier when I said Someone told them there was money in the back room Well that person was son Once they went in the back And couldn't find what that Money that he was mentioning, they came back in the living room and shot his son point blank. Right after the four men left the party, that is when the police came and told the ladies to wait outside. But of course, instead of waiting, they dipped out, like I'm sure any sane person would. In Angel she arranged to meet her man Dante at a gas station While there Dante got out of the car with his twin And into the car with Angel with the stolen jewelry and guns Cause yes bring all of that into my car You know we're bunny and gliding this And on the ride back, Dante was complaining about how the robbery didn't go as planned and that he didn't get enough money for all of this. So she ended up dropping him off at his mom's house, but she came back the next morning. She said both brothers and their mom were there in their apartment and started talking about pawning some of the jewelry. Dante gave some of the jury to Dante's girlfriend to pawn some. And the next day, Dante showed up at the hotel that Angel was at with, I'm so tired of saying their name, with Dante and her one year old son. And the brothers again talked about pawning the jury, and this time they gave some to Angel. And she pawned it and got about $1,000, which she gave back to her man, in which the brothers started discussing how they would split it amongst the four of them. And it was because of this testimony that detectives were able to go to some local palm shop and find signed receipts with Angel's signature and thumbprint to corroborate her story. And with this key witness testimony, along with many other witnesses who were actually at the party that night, the prosecution was ready to take their chances at trial. So we're actually going to have two separate trials. I'm not sure which twin decided they would have a better chance standing by themselves, but one of them deaf said, screw the other one, I'll go it alone. So that's what they did. And these cases will get some attention because the prosecution was going for the death penalty in both cases. And if they got their way, Dante and Dante would be the first twins on death row in American history. Starting off with our ringleader, the evil twin, as the prosecution liked to call him, and that would be Dante Hall. The one who is said to have both talked the most and shot the most that night would be up first. His trial began April thirteenth, two 2009, the same as my big sister's birthday, almost three years after that horrible house party massacre his trial would only last four days. And rightfully so, with over 50 witnesses being presented against him, including Kim Jones, who is Dante's twin brother's Dante baby mama. And Kim testifies that she rented a beige 2006 Chevy Malibu car on September 5th that Dante had been using. That was the same vehicle that multiple witnesses could place at the scene and claimed to see both Dante and Dante in. She also testified that Dante asked her to pawn some jewelry she had never seen before. Of course Angel took the stand and told the jury everything that we already know. And all the defense really did was bring in a specialist that verified that Dante had an incredibly low IQ score that would impact his ability of being able to understand right from wrong and has caused intellectual disabilities. But regardless of that fact, on August 20th, a jury voted 8 to 4 in a favor of the death sentence, sentencing Dante to die. Moving on to our other twin, Dante, he would find many problems in the courtroom. He went through a similar trial, but he had three mistrials before on the fourth trial once the prosecution removed the death penalty and just shot for the life in prison instead. The jury granted it and Dante is now residing in prison serving a life sentence. I don't want us to forget about our dear old Angel, you know, our friend that helped set all of this up. She was given 10 years in prison, much to her shock. She tried to appeal for early release, but the judge quickly denied, letting Angel know that we have already done you enough favors. If Angel would have had to go to trial facing the same charges as her man those 10 years will look like nothing compared to a life in prison or death and I don't know I think she might actually deserve one of those sentences but that's just me thinking. These brothers who committed this crime were bred from a certain breed of people because if you haven't Caught it already, they are identical twins. I mean, who else would name or why would anyone name their kids Dante and Dante? Any, I'm not judging y'all, name y'all kids what y'all want. But anywho, they were born premature on August 1st, 1984, in Orlando, Florida, to a father who was in and out of jail and a drug addicted mom, beginning at 10 months. They bounced around throughout their family members, in schools. Teacher noticed they both had the same learning disability, and they were in need of special services. But they began to show differences in their personalities. Dante was more hot-headed, but Dante more of the chill and laid-back kid. At six. They went back to live with their mom, but that was a very toxic relationship because their mom went through multiple boyfriends and they also suffered abuse. To escape that trauma, at age 13, they began smoking marijuana and popping ecstasy pills like candy. And eventually by 14, they were on the streets of Florida's gritty oots neighborhood selling cocaine. At 14 as well, Dante moved out of his mom's house, but Dante stayed and then they were split. With the brothers being split, Dante went off to youth camp and Dante sank deeper into the quote-unquote street life. Dante actually excelled at the youth camp And he even graduated high school there, but soon after his release, he gets right back into his old habits with Dante. Dante had become more experienced in the quote-unquote street life, moving drugs, which gave him a reputation and edge on people. A lot of times, the twins would get confused for one another because they looked exactly alike. They would commit crimes against people and it wasn't always clear which one did it because they also had the same nickname, twin. Dante ended up catching a four-year charge and since they looked alike, Dante, who actually had devised the plan, went off to prison for 18 months. But when he returned, he continued the same behavior until he ultimately fell in love and had a child. And while Dante was starting a family, Dante was out living the drug dealer lifestyle, going to the strip clubs, and that is where he met good old Angel, which would kinda land the two where they are today, but who actually knows what the two of them. No offense, it just kinda looks like it was bound to happen, but anywho, y'all know I always want to take some time and just acknowledge our victims, and today we have two. Keyson Evans was born November 11, 1973 in Tavares, Florida And Anthony Blunt was born in 1970 They were just two men at a party wanting to let off some steam They were both somebody's father, somebody's son, somebody's friend Somebody's reason to smile, somebody's loved one And it just sucks to think that they could just be taken away like they meant nothing at all. I may not have known either of you, but I know that your lives meant something to this world. And your families and podcasters like myself will make sure your name is never forgotten. And that includes the story of the house party murders. This case was not as morbid as our case last week with the child killing, but it still sparked that underlining fear that I'm sure we all have. We're not safe anywhere. It is crazy that in 2006, almost 20 years ago, is still the world that we live in today, but even crazier because scamming and stealing and robbing has become Glamorized something we can all rap about in a song, and that really sucks because on the other side of those lyrics, there are actual dead bodies, and on the other side of your scams, there is actual an actual person who is left to be a victim getting off that soapbox it's like 2 a.m y'all like 2 30 and i'm getting so distracted i'm so tired but i really want to power through and finish this and not be skipping weeks just be consistent no matter you know what i'm having to endure throughout the week but (laughs) back on topic and, and I just want to speak to my Gentlemen really quick uh, Gentlemen please be weary We live in a time Where us women will set you Up real bad If she's just bad and she's just Willing to come home with you And she's just like drop your pen Drop your pen and not saying that You can't get that I'm just Saying be Weary fellas have it Really bad about just inviting women Over and I All I'm saying is that we are dangerous too. If you don't want to find yourself tied up, butt naked, to a tall lamp in your bedroom, being robbed by three males you never saw coming, just be careful who you allow into your home.